This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. When the nights get cold and the lights go out, the sun is gone behind the clouds, and you feel lost, and I'll reach out to guide you home with my lighthouse. Oh, Welcome to Lighthouse of Hope. I'm your host, Michael Hempseed. I'm so glad you're joining us today. On the show today, we have Chris Taylor from Kids Needs Dads. Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. So, Chris, first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get to um, the trust a little bit later on. Yeah, so my name's Chris Taylor. I'm originally from England, been living in New Zealand for about 18 years now, and trained as an engineer I was in engineering for about 20 years, and then I transitioned in my early 40s into coaching, and in the last sort of 18 months, I've moved more towards mental health community service, and hence the role that I have, part-time role I have currently now with Kids Need Dads. Great. So this is a trust that not everyone's heard of. Can you just tell us a little bit about um, the trust and some of the key things that it does, please? Sure. So the, the there's actually a number of trusts within the organization of Kids Need Dads, and it was an amalgamation of Father and Child Trust, which has been around for 20 years plus, and we operate within four regions in New Zealand, in the Auckland region, Tauranga Bay of Plenty, Wellington, and Christchurch, and we run chiefly three community programs uh, in Kids Need Dads. Uh, They're referred to as Dads Care, and the other one's referred to as kids care. And then we also run community education and correspondence courses. You've got a great number of programs, and we'll look at some of those in a bit more depth in a minute. First of all, um, why is the trust there? I mean, why do kids need need dads? Well, primarily, Michael, it's to support fathers. In the landscape of community service and social service, there's not a lot out there exclusively to support dads. And quite rightly, most of the organizations are supporting mums in the parenting space. So for the Dad's Care program in particular, that's looking at supporting uh, fathers who are disconnected with their children. Um, They may be in the court system. They may have undergone separation. So we're really there to support and empower dads to get them more contact and access with their kids. One of the other things that I think gets talked about a lot with mothers is postnatal depression, but um, I understand this can affect fathers as well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that was fairly... I've been in the organisation just a couple of months, and I think the statistics are perhaps one in eight, one in ten new parents will be a father who has postnatal. In fact, one of our guys in the team in Wellington suffered quite acute postnatal with his second child, so... Some, for some listeners, that might be news, but indeed, new dads do uh, can can also suffer uh, impacts on mental health. And um, yeah, it, it's it's great to support dads in that space. And here locally in Canterbury, I've got two young dads who one's an eighteen-year-old, one's a twenty-one-year-old, and I'm just doing a little bit of one-on-one support work with those young dads. But we're ultimately looking to build a parent a, a parenting group here locally in Christchurch. Mm. It's tremendously important. I think a lot of people will be very surprised to learn just how many fathers um, experience this. 
Have you found that um, because there's maybe not so much knowledge about this, a lot of dads that are going through this feel very isolated? Oh, 100%, Michael. I had a call about three weeks ago from a from a, a, a dad in Ashburton whose daughter, daughter's um, partner, they've just had a child and, and he's just 18 years old. And they went along to the community centre in Ashburton for some support, some parenting support and some advocacy for young dads. And there was nothing there, zero. And so um, we offered um, that young man support, some telephone support, and also to come up to Christchurch to to share in our meetings experience. Because, yeah, there's nothing really out there on the landscape. I've been in the organisation, as I say, for a couple of months. I don't believe there's anything comparable and I think it's also Mike it's not really in the language here in NZ to talk about fathers and support it's uh, it's not really part of the vernacular so the more we can raise a hand and say look dads do need support uh, when it comes to parenting and parenting skills it's it's incredibly valuable uh, for those that don't know I became a father for the first time I think three months ago and one of the things that's become immediately obvious is um, that having a child is a huge responsibility there's a huge amount of work. Um, my wife's been very lucky that we've had my parents to help, but I can imagine that if you don't have that support, it's very, very difficult. So this role of support for the whole family must be really important. Oh, absolutely critical, for sure. It's such an impact on your life. I mean, you know, I had my last child at 46, I'm 51 now, and it it does have a big impact on your life. And if you don't have the far now the support, the the good good friend sort of network, you can feel absolutely isolated and challenged. And primarily that does affect mum, of course, but it will affect the father as well. And uh, there's no bigger, greater life impact, I don't think, than, than having a child. Mm, absolutely. Mm. And so um, what sort of um, help do you give some of these men that are really struggling with um, postpartum depression? Well, we we run a, a group meeting once every fortnight in Christchurch Community House. That's the Dad's Care Meeting. So that's a, a drop-in meeting at 10 a.m., runs 10 a.m. to 11.30. So that's really group discussion, storytelling, and exploring each other's experiences. And it's amazing what you can create within a room of, say, three to five dads uh, who are sharing their own um, experiences, their journeys. But also we're looking to proactively move them ahead and forward into having more access and contact with their children and prior to that I tend to have one-on-one with the guys just to just to just to connect with them and see where they're at on their journey and what sort of resources or connections do they need to to get them more access with their children some of the guys may have had a a recent um, prison sentence so they've just just come out and they're looking to reconnect with their kids so it might be that we offer them the educational courses the correspondence courses in anger management and parenting skills Uh, so chiefly we're looking to go weekly for that meeting actually it's a fortnightly meeting on a Wednesday now we're looking to go weekly uh, and extend out in accordance with demand and also we're networking with other community-based organisations here in Christchurch. Um, and we've been out and about to see maybe 12 or 15 organisations to, to see if we can just broadcast the message for Kids Need Dads and also seek referrals for some of the clients they work with in the community. I'd imagine there must be tens of thousands um, of people with dads just in Canterbury, um, let alone the rest of the country, they could probably really use your service. 
Um, have you found that some people have been struggling for months or years, and then what's it like to finally find your organisation? Oh, 100%. Um, even if it's just having a, a dialogue with someone in a room um, and t- just to share their story, as I say, it's not really in the in the in the common expected um, culture, I suppose, to walk forward and ask for support. But there will be hundreds of families, thousands perhaps, of, of, of families here in Christchurch who are who are struggling. And yeah, we're open for business, so we're looking we're looking to extend our 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 support group. We're going to run weekly meetings, potentially an evening meeting. And I, I kind of just say, try and try and be courageous and, and, and step forward. We have some regulars now in our meetings, and we also have guys who come in, and it might just be a bit too challenging, so they come in and then they they go away. So it's it's um, I don't know, it's it's being courageous to experience a, a a new a new group to share your story, because when you hear someone else's story who's similarly challenged, it's amazing the effect it can have on you, and can be motivating and inspiring. Um, the, yeah, we're, we're, we're the, Sandra. I work with Sandra Murphy, that crosses community house. We're kind of expecting this just to grow um, as the word gets out. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, for example, with Alcoholics Anonymous, um, there's different types of meetings, but some types of meetings you can go to. Um, there'll be a speaker or two speakers, and then um, people are encouraged to share their story. But there's no obligation to share. Um, I've heard many people say. You know, I went there for six months before I opened up, and if that happened with Kids Needs Dads, would that be okay? Absolutely, hundred percent. You can just come and listen, and uh, often you can become you can you know things can shift when you're just listening. You don't have to vocalise or tell your story. It's completely voluntary, and it's confidential in the room there. And you know, the guys just share what they feel they can at that time. I would say more often than not, probably. 80% of the time the guys do they fully divulge their story and you know they feel better for that and often you know there's some peer support dialogue going on in the room I might I'm just facilitating um, and if they walk out of the room feeling better about their position about seeing their children you know we've kind of served our purpose um, but I do check in on with the guys I have about 30 minutes a month one-on-one just to just to check in with them and see how they're tracking, and um, you know, develop a bit of an action plan, I suppose, for them to access more of their more more, more time with their kids. Yeah. And is there any sort of criteria for people coming to your organisation? Like, do they need a referral from a GP, or um, how can people come to you? No, no, we we take uh, anyone from the community. Um, we do we do have some incentive if there's criminality involved in uh, abuse or ongoing uh, police matters we, we will um, we can't accept those guys just just because of legalities um, but generally speaking we'll we'll take anyone from the community referrals from other social network organizations um, yeah you can just get in touch through through website phone or email and uh, yeah, ideally I have a, a, a quick one-on-one with, with, with whoever's coming along and then you're welcome to come to the group meeting. Yeah. Mm. And they wouldn't necessarily have to um, go through the courts to come to you, maybe they just want a bit of support? Yeah, that's right, Pe- <coughs> peer support and advocacy. I mean, we say, you know, it's learning fun and education in parenting and uh, we do have guys within the court process, so we've got a couple of lawyers who drop in on us to offer free advice, uh, so they come to every other meeting, 
um, and often we're working with the with the father in and through what is the next step in that court process. We don't tend to get involved too heavily in the court in Christchurch, but we do do that kind of work actually in the Wellington region, quite a lot of work with Alan Harvey and his team there in Wellington. So part of the beauty of the Kids Need Dads program and the education course is that if, if a father does have a, um, a hearing approaching, uh, he can demonstrate proactive learning by doing our courses and uh, demonstrate that, that he's learning, he's working on himself and his personal development through the courses that we're running, chiefly the anger management and the parenting skills. So you said there are three programs that you run, um, the drop-in group is one of them. What are the other two again, sorry? So nationally we run Dad's Care, which is uh, peer support for fathers, which is the group meeting, the one-on-ones, and that's supported by the other side, which is education. So Dad's Care is, as I say, chiefly the the meeting's experience itself. We're looking to extend that out, Michael, into some team-based group education. So a couple of our volunteers have been... uh, been around locally in the education space, we've, we're thinking about running um, a, a sort of a mini course, if you like, uh, based on the skills that the, the guys would like to build, chiefly around uh, and parenting. Um, so that's so that that's the other side. So we've got dad's care, and then in, in New Zealand we operate what's called kids care. That's not so prevalent here in Christchurch right now. Um, it's more operated in the Bay of Plenty, Tauranga region. And that's where we, we, we run the parenting groups. And also in Tauranga, they do supervised support, supervised access. What about, say, if there's someone in Waimati that's uh, struggling, you don't quite have a Waimati branch, um, is there any sort of help and support that you could offer someone like that might be in a bit more of an isolated area? Yeah, absolutely. We don't have uh, offices all around the South Island. What we do would offer phone support. And obviously we've, we have some literature which we can send out to to the to the father, um, I'm actually open-minded to have short Zoom sessions with with uh, fathers around uh, New Zealand who we do not have a, a local office, and we can connect in the, the father to other members of the team here in NZ um, if they feel if they can get up to Christchurch for the group meeting, they're absolutely welcome. Um, so yeah, there are ways and means to get in touch. As we know, um, there's quite a lot of help and support in the bigger centres, but there's a lot of people that find it really difficult in these smaller areas. Um, So it's great to know that there's some support out there. Do you ever find that people feel like um, they should know some of this stuff, that um, they feel like, oh, why do I have to come to this? I should know the stuff. I should know how to do this. Do you find there's that um, sometimes people feeling... I guess guilty for not maybe knowing a bit more. Do you mean in the parenting skills space or yes, in, the, yeah, in the parenting skills space? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. I think mainly with the parenting, my experience locally here is the young, the young guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're in their late teens, early twenties. Um, I mean, you've just become a dad, Michael. I'm father of four. I, I just know the first experiences. You know, we all know nothing, <laughs> and we're just <laughs> yeah. sort of making it up as we go along, no matter what your mum and dad have said or what books you've read or whatever free advice you have um and i think you know i encourage sort of intuition and 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 you know mum and dad deciding what they feels right for their child um i think with the dad's care side as i say we're, we're dealing with guys who who may be in the court system looking to have more access 
the question there is about you know taking responsibility for whatever's happened in the past and working on themselves, maybe rebuilding trust with mum, and to uh, have acceptance of, of 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 what's happened, and then you know work towards uh, having more contact with their children because you know the children, the child does absolutely need that contact for their own development with mum and dad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously it would be great if family, all families could stay together, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Um, what sort of help and support can you offer when there's been a pretty substantial breakdown of a relationship and where the two parents just don't get on and um, it's pretty difficult? Yeah, well, we offer we offer peer support and um, we're not counsellors, I would say. We, we are offering an empathetic ear and I've, you know, I've been divorced twice myself, so I've, I know the landscape a little bit for separation. And um, we do have Sandra on, on the team there as well, who who can work with mum if they're open-minded to connect with mum. And um, you know, if it needs to go in in a legal side, we we do have access to some good family lawyers to help them work through the separation and, and custody process. Uh, can be really confronting. And sometimes relationships aren't, you know, they're not repairable. Uh, and it is best for everyone involved to have the separation. But occasionally, you know, you can be amazed as to how you can you can reconvene and, and learn and, and build your commitment with your partner to, to, to go through the tough times and, and remain as a family unit. And uh, that can be, yeah, that can be really remarkable. Yeah. Do you have a story of that that you could share with someone that... Um yeah, found a separation really difficult and then was able to move forward in a positive way and what did that take? Yeah, I, I do. Um, a young dad who had his second child and he decided that uh, he wanted to leave his partner for someone else and what happened there was uh, he recognised the the short-termism and the selfishness of that choice, I guess, to, to, to leave his young family. And he he had a, I guess, sort of an epiphany <laughs> that what he was losing was far greater than what he potentially could be gaining. And he's, he's got two young kids, three years old and about one year old. And now he's back with his his partner. And I spoke to him about a month ago, and he's never been in a better space. And it, it it wasn't easy to to do that, but now he's he's seeing the long picture for you know building his connections with his kids and his family and his partner, and you know I, I tip my hat off to him. He's he's done very very well for himself. So it's thinking about the long term. I think that the challenge, Michael, today is we're living in a short termist mentality society with fast food, fast love, fast everything, fast smartphone, fast cars. I think. Um, if we stop and breathe and pause as to what's most important in life, that does need, you know, commitment and it does need a sense of connection to, to build a family, you know, for, for, for life. And, uh, yeah, often I think it's just thinking about the child. Even if, you know, parents are at war, they're waging war and they're going to courts, it's actually, if you can try and stop and think about your child and the psychology of the child and the needs of that child is to have both parents um, in, in, in the family unit and that is just so critical for their own their own development, their brain development and how they end up functioning as a, as a young person and as a citizen.
One of the things you mentioned was that um, sometimes people have made some really bad decisions in the past. I think we live in a culture that says that this can't be fixed. Um, you know, there's you know, someone does something stupid on social media, we tend to hound that person. But you're telling me you've seen examples where maybe people have made poor choices, maybe things didn't go so well, that they've been able to go on and rebuild from that. Yeah. Yeah, so really in that space, Michael, it's the anger management. So if, if someone's been violent to their partner and then they have a court order, uh, and the, the court system does look at history and, and track record of behavior, uh, and occasionally that's that's quite unforgiving. And, you know, some would say rightly so. The idea there is to work yourself forward from today into the future. So it, it's a taking responsibility for those actions working on your own mindset and your own behaviors to demonstrate to either the court system or your ex-partner or the far now that you've actually you've accepted your uh the decisions you've made in the past if there's been violence at play or 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 if there's been misuse of substances it's you're proactively working on your your life you know it's working on your your own life and your family life there's one gentleman in particular i'm thinking of who who had a drug and alcohol challenge. Uh, he's a young young guy, uh, he has one son, and he is, he's amazing. He's, he's, he's got a drug and alcohol counselor on board. He has um, a, a counselor, a psychological counselor on board. He's doing our courses. He is very vocal and inspirational in our meetings. And that is, that he had one one event in in the past where there was a police incident, and he's he's remorseful of that event, but where he is now compared to four years ago is just he's just a different guy. So we've always got the opportunity to learn and to grow where we are here and now today, and demonstrating that in your actions and your behaviours to your far now, to 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 your lawyer, to your ex, to your wider community. It's always possible. There's always possibilities there for you. Yeah. Obviously, um, if people are chronic abusers, they need to be separated. But it is important to know that people can change. Um, you know, sometimes people are going through a really bad patch in their life. You know, they become addicted to alcohol. Um, in the past, people used to say, you know, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And, you know, we now know that, you know, people can actually stay sober for years or decades in some cases. So... It is important to know that, you know, if someone's made a mistake in the past, that can be changed. A pattern of abuse is obviously very different. That's right, that's right. And, um, you know, there is an alcohol culture in NZ, there's no doubt about it. We drive up Madras Street here and there's alcohol in the billboards uh, and it's part of the sort of living fabric. But I think it's important to have the support out there in the community and also have those who inspire you to, to make those courageous decisions is it to give up alcohol or, or, or marijuana. Uh, we had a gentleman in the group meeting a few weeks ago uh, in his late 20s and he's clean now from being a drug and for being addicted to marijuana and alcohol in his teens and early 20s. Now he's completely clean and he's speaking like he's a almost like a messiah figure. You know, he's seeing seeing the ills of the past and quite stunning in that meeting to hear that young guy talk so um yeah it's just sort of inspiring that personal choice and um it is challenging out there in society but you know you can make reparation at any time 
Unfortunately, we're out of time. This has been a great interview to hear more about what you do. How do people contact Kids Needs Dads? Yeah, so the website for us here in NZ is Dads. And how do you spell kids? Is it with a Z? That's thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> it's kids, yeah, so K I D Z, uh, need N double E D, uh, dads, D A D Z dot org dot NZ. Uh, locally here, we run out of Christchurch Community House, uh, 301 Chewham Street, uh, landline 9822440. And uh, we work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays out of that office. We're actually on Facebook now. If you search the the search bar on Facebook, Kids Need Dads Christchurch, we should pop up and yeah, get in touch Fantastic, well Chris thank you very much for your time today Thanks for the opportunity Michael When the nights get cold and the lights go out The sun is gone behind the clouds And you feel lost and I'll reach out To guide you home with my lighthouse 